we are starting our third podcast series with uh, Peter Rowan. So we wanted to thank you for volunteering for our podcast. Uh, this is the third podcast of our series. We sent out a survey to the participants of Hope and Cope to assess their needs and their interests and to see how we can offer additional support to the community um, through Miguel. And our results show that the participants were looking for more of a community connection, and they also wanted to discuss and learn about their stress and coping mechanisms. So we want to host a, a third podcast of this uh, series to help reach our Hope and Cope community and to allow individuals to connect through others' journeys and to strengthen the relationship with the community. So when we started this podcast, we hope that we find volunteers and want to share their story, and we feel really lucky and grateful to come in contact with uh, Peter Rowan. Uh, as our guest today. So to begin, would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners, Peter? Yes, certainly. Uh, my name is Peter Rowan, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a 39-year cancer survivor, a brain cancer survivor. For your journey with Hope and Cope, how did that start out? Was it when you were first diagnosed, or how were you first introduced? Yeah, it was... When I was first diagnosed, uh, I, I was referred to Hope and Hope. Um, at that point in time, um, I went to get a wig to, because I was going through radiation. And um, it turned out I needed a, a wig and a wig and a wig because my hair never grew back. Of course. Um, because I was given an accidental overdose of radiation during my treatment. They, they've um, helped me and uh, to um, be the person I am today and to um, uh, also um, uh, strengthen me over time, help me develop resilience. Of course. I want to just say that you look great even without the hair with the shaved out. It's a nice message you're going to give to our listeners too. Of course, you have a scar from your 39 years of journey battling with cancer. Well, multiple. Yeah, multiple. <laughs> <laughs> but they all tell a story. Yes. A story of, uh, of your yeah. life and your journey with, uh, with cancer. Yeah. So we jumped right into the interview right away and, and starting to get to know you. So I'm going to continue off of these questions so we can understand more of the of the path that you took and the challenges that you might have faced. Um, so is there anything else with your journey that you wanted to share with our listeners? Um, was there any challenge that you encountered during these 39 years? It could be a specific moment um, in your journey with with radiation, with chemo? Um, with brain cancer, you become, it affects personhood. So you become a different person after the uh, treatment. So yeah, you have to adapt to the new person who you become. And you, that's sometimes very difficult to do to figure out how, 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 how to adapt. Like if you were good at math, before the the one brain tumor, and then after the tumor, you're no longer good, but you have to find something that is um, gonna that you are good at, and then you can make a, a career out of. So you 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 find that you've changed over time, and now you. Oh uh, yes, I've I've got three master's degrees, and uh, a new one after each tumor. 
but to um, developing the skill sets to become more proficient with one field uh, or, or the next that I wanted to embrace. Of course. Well, that's, that's so impressive that you were able to do that despite everything that you went through. And when you say that you changed over time, is it internal changes? Internal, like internal changes and external. Um, well, mostly internal because mm -hmm. I feel that um, because of this kind of cancer and perhaps others, um, I've had to become very self-aware of my strengths and, and weaknesses and look at challenges as opportunities. I looked at what's my opportunity at this juncture during a, a challenge and what can I do instead of the old thing I did? What can I do new that I can do well? I think that the fact that you've had this many years to get to know yourself and you've always had different challenges right. in your way um, that you've not only grown as a person, but internally, externally as well, you have a story to tell and that's who makes you are today. So I, I really appreciate you coming onto our podcast to explain this to our listeners and being so open with sharing that. Because I know that you've gained the resilience, but you're also putting down your personal barriers to share your story with us. Right, so right. I appreciate that. Um, and so you were introduced with Hope & Cope, like you mentioned, with your first wig. And, and during these 39 years, how did Hope & Cope like, support? Well, I, I moved to Chicago for... Uh, 25 years and then when I came back it was at, right after my partner died he had brain cancer also so uh, Hope and Cope was there to help me um, through the grieving process through the morning cafes or the morning walks or, or whatever we call them and so um, that was very helpful so at different stages I had different needs. So just as um, different people at different ages um, have different issues, different needs that they want to attend to, different stages, uh, different types of cancer at different times present different issues. So they were not only there for your personal journey, but also for the grieving process. Right. right. I want to offer you my condolences. That's a lot for you to, to, to go through. It was a very, very solid time of the of my life because I didn't have to deal with petty things. It was important that the time counted. So he was in um, hospice for th three months at the end. And so we had to make every moment count. Um, so that was uh, a rewarding period. It's, ironically, it sounds like it sounds like it might be depressing but it really was not it was really a, t a period of which i was grateful well of course and i think that's that just shows who you are too you seem to be someone who looks at the positive things in in a, a difficult situation um and i, really I try you try to <laughs> of course but to, to speak out here today and reflect back on that challenging time shows us that as listeners that you're very positive and attentive person. And I think that any any day and any second in any day really does count. And I think being diagnosed and going through health challenges maybe tested that 
and tested the, the time that you've had between you and your partner and just for yourself, of course. Would you be able to share with us uh, anything, any other activities that you felt with Hope and Cove were beneficial to you? So I know you mentioned the walks and the morning the walks and well, exercise in general is soothing to me. And so um, I think the 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 walks, but also, you know, realizing uh, Hope and Cope to me is a community. And so we have different people, uh, in, members and volunteers. They're at different stages of their cancer journeys. And they have, um, there is such a diversity of the uh, members and the volunteers that there's somebody could walk in and Im immediately relate to somebody in one circumstance or another and um, feel at home right away. I think that's the beautiful thing about Hope and Cope. They always, they always make you feel that warmth and love and acceptance and and connection through other people's journeys. Um, is there a particular person that you've met along your way that, that helped you feel that warmth uh, through Open Cope? Yeah, there's been one person actually I was very close with for a long time. Well, since, since I came back from Chicago. And unfortunately, he's now passed. But um, the, the, the men's group, the members of that group, which I I'm uh, a part of, um, are all people that I've developed uh, friendships or relationships with in some form, and um, it, it's been a great opportunity for me to continue to feel as though I'm contributing to a community and, and its needs. And this men's club is somewhere where you guys are able to share share your your stories as well. Right, and and we come from a back um, a background of all kinds of cancers. Okay. Could be could be um, prostate, could be pancreatic, it could be brain. And yeah, we still find a common ground. It's nice to hear that there's different types of support that have also helped you throughout your journey. So whether it be a support groups, mm -hmm. participants that you've you've encountered throughout your journey with Hope and Cope. Yeah. Um, what is like one of the one of the most important things that you think that you've learned about yourself through this, through the encounter? Um myself, um, I think that I'm more resilient than I ever thought I was, uh, that I ever planned to be. <laughs> um very adaptive and um creative it's developed helped me develop a sense of creativity as well it's a description that i hear often the resilience and what does resilience mean to you per se uh having hope that you will sustain um yourself during difficult challenges and that you'll overcome these challenges and having a, a daily sense for me it really helps to have a sense of gratitude of and where gratitude is not a destination it's a journey that is something you have to practice every day and it's not you know these big things that you have to be grateful for it could be the small things um like a, a bird that 
comes out and sings for the first time in, in the, during the spring and you pay attention could be some flowers could be some some music um there's all kinds of th little tiny ways to be grateful and that helps sustain your re resilience as well i really do love what you just said about about the resilience and the gratitude right and i think that's what we're trying to we're also trying to help with our listeners finding ways to recognize little moments through journaling or through music therapy and just hearing your stories. I, I do think it's important that everyone appreciates the little things in life. Sometimes, you know, the busy, busy lives that we have, we, we tend to overlook it. Right. Um, this cancer journey gave me that um, skill set to appreciate gratitude. Of course. Um, during your journey at any point, did you feel, uh, did you feel overcome with stress? Was stress even a feeling that you felt? Yes. It was? Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely stress because you might control the feelings you have about your diagnosis, but other people will react in a different way. Like when I was first diagnosed, I was 16, I was still in high school. So when, and it was May. So then I was going to see you, but that summer in between, all my friends dropped me. So there's, um, there was a lot of, a sense of isolation, anger, and, and sense of um, stress that, because I, I was isolated. And so um, every journey comes with it an opportunity. So um, these things are a normal part of life, um, but they become a little more challenging when you're not um, feeling 100%. And so you found a way to to channel in that stress? Or yes, I, I found that while walking, journaling, mm -hmm. and um, yoga. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually, for a while, I, I taught yoga. Did you um, really? Yeah, I can stand on my head. Oh, I can't do that. So that's amazing. We'll teach you, Laura. <laughs> I love that. I love that you were able to find ways to to channel that that inner stress sometimes that we bottle up inside, or and you found ways to release. Uh, we're hoping that our listeners can adapt new coping mechanisms. Um, and just to go right. back to what you mentioned, so you were diagnosed at sixteen. So as any sixteen-year-old boy, that's that's life changing. That's yes. Stressful is not even the word. Yes. Um, right. And were you able to go back to school at that point? In your... Well, uh, it was May of 1984. So that was my, my last year of high school. I took the summer off mm -hmm. for treatments. And then I went back to CJEP and... I took a lighter load, but I still continue with it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, that's, that's a lot. That's one of my mantras. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do the expected thing. You can, you can also do the thing that works for you. And, and so you found something that works for you. And 
did you find keeping up your your small daily tasks so says like studying and staying in school still going through the treatment still going through the I'm assuming changes physically emotionally did that help you to keep some sort of um activity or daily routine going as well yeah I, I think having um too much time on your hands is you have too much opportunity to wallow in your pain and you have to have a daily routine i think it helps um for me anyway was there anything that that you wanted to cover or any questions that i might have not uh, mentioned um, is there anything that you feel uh, that the listeners would benefit from okay uh, um i guess i would just reiterate the importance for uh, of gratitude community and um hope those are the messages that in one way shape or form have been i've been able to draw upon uh throughout this journey for me and i think that's one thing i would impart um on any listener who is uh, listening to um, try to hang on to um what 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 word would you use to describe hope and hope for you to me it's community what word comes to mind when you think about gratitude hard work you have to cultivate it you have you have to have some energy to uh you have to develop energy and acquire energy to, to appreciate the smaller things in life of course and that's it. ultimately what life's about i think really taking the time to appreciate the little things um when we asked you to be a volunteer i didn't realize that you went through such a long journey that you've had so many challenges i really feel appreciative that you were able to come speak with us today um and the fact that you are so open to share your story yeah and that that's the other thing is um the com in community in addition to that is that our diversity yeah hope and cope whether it's the members or the volunteers um helps build connections with people and for yourself what do you do like as a pastime what are the activities that you do now now that you're on your You've been recovered, you're no longer in treatment. Is there anything that you do to keep busy or positive? Yeah, it's very important because although I'm no longer in treatment, I still have a brain tumor. So I, I eat well and I exercise and I have for expression, um, I, I journal and um, um, that helps because something needs to be released somehow whether it's through exercise um or through journaling or whatever path you choose you have to bring about your you have to release the emotions that are potentially damaging to you or that are not helpful and that you can acquire easily um by not expressing them and 
Um, for your journal entries, is that something that you will keep for yourself? Is it something that you you might maybe share with the public? Is it or is it your safe space where you just journal? Mm. Um, is that something you've ever thought of? So far, it's it's, uh, it's my own personal thing. I I never really thought of publishing them, okay. but um, I could if if it were something uh, that would be of help or of interest to somebody else. And that's why I think the journaling activity that we're going to try to introduce will hopefully allow people to, to feel some type of release and doesn't have to be a formal journal entry. Like I'm sure no. you just write down your feelings and your day and your struggle or a positive thing as well that happened in your day. Um, and that yeah. You for sure. and, it, and it can be something entirely about unrelated to cancer because you know if we we volunteer and we work in cancer (laughs) um you have to have something that restores balance that's another word i would attribute to hope and cope is balance because they have the gym or exercise uh, rooms downstairs and they have the groups upstairs that um so you have to look at different things um, when you're trying to recover. And that, that's what you're, and also the yoga, was that something you've done through with Hope and Hope or now you, you kind of branched out or teaching it? I, I, I've done it before Hope and Hope and when I was living in Chicago. And so um, I was teaching Bikram yoga and uh, Vanessa flow. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Now, now I just do half of yoga because it's, uh, I've got some challenges still because the the unfortunate part of being a long-term survivor is that you have, um, I have uh, what they refer to as late effects of childhood cancer. And so I'm dizzy all the time. So... I can do a headstand. It's not necessarily beneficial for for me. And is there anything that helps you with the with the vertigo or the dizziness that you feel? Because you you can actually, and I've discovered this by happenstance, you can pretty much do anything in you that you can do in regular yoga on a chair. So, oh. so you can you can still get a um um a good workout without getting out of the chair and the and so you don't have to change positions as much so that's helpful Mm -hmm. um and they teach a a class at um, the coming center in chair yoga okay and so maybe that's an alternative that people can can use i know hope and cope also used to do chair yoga but if it for sure, if it's helping you with your long-term dizziness and you can still remain active, that's yeah. The the idea is uh, continue to move, how, are, how despite your limitations. Um, and I just just maybe to close off our it's our session together. So I wanted to thank you so so much, uh, Peter, for coming on to this podcast with us. Um, I think I think your journey is exceptional. The fact that you were able to overcome so many health challenges and, and grow 
and I can tell that you're such a calm person and that you discovered yourself. <laughs> not always. <laughs> not always, and that's okay. But we, I can see that you've discovered a lot. Progress, of not perfection. Of course. That's no, that's the one last thing I would uh, leave with um, other listeners is just not try not to be focused on not being a, as perfect as you were before the treatment. Progress is more important than uh, our um, sustaining your your abilities that you have. You'll have new abilities too when you after your diagnosis, um, and so don't forget that those uh, exist. They they're not they don't show up as a bit on a big sign of opportunity, but but they're they could be hidden and they're there. I love that. Thank you, Peter. It was just when I thought you had nothing more beautiful to say, you found something nice to, to share with our listeners. So I want to thank you so, so much. And I'm hoping that um, we're going to be able to reach mo more and most of the Hope and Cope community through this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Just a reminder, Hope and Cope's mission is to help people cope with cancer by providing psychosocial support and practical resources that help patients regain a sense of control and well-being, reduce isolation, and restore hope. It is easily accessible and open to all. I encourage you to go to their website and to check out this month's calendar of activities.